welcome to episode 13. Today we've got two terrible telephonic tales with 1988's 976 Evil and 2019's Countdown. So skateboard on into the bathroom and do a handstand because it's time for Frightful Failures! Asking you, Zach, mm-hmm. is do you think Carol Baskin did it? I don't know what you're referencing. Do you think she did it? Come on. Did what exactly? Do you, would you talk yeah. about my balls at my funeral? Well, I mean, I've seen them enough, so yeah, I suppose I, I could. Okay, thank you. That's all I ask for. Would you consider your balls to be your golden nuggets? Oh my God, have I watched that show or not? You'll never know. You'll never know. Wow. You know, I love I, I love doing a media-based show with someone who will avoid the most popular content around. Like, I, if it I, is it's, the number one thing on Netflix six weeks in a row, I can guarantee my co-host has not watched it on a spite. It's not a, it's not an easy task, but it's it's my it's, cross yeah, to bear. I found it, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Frightful Failures. I am your ghost host with the most, Zach Romero. Joining me, as always, is your ghost host with the most, T.N. Guignol. And T.N., we are back to our normal formula here. We have gone... Ugh, do we have a normal formula anymore? As close as we could possibly get. We yeah. are the show that changes every episode. However, yes. we've gone back to a pre-gigantic break. We've got two films with somewhat of a similar idea or at least a connective tissue. Mm. One very recent, one very old, and we are going to go over both of them, compare, contrast, and fix these films. Feels good to be back. Feels great to be back. So, uh, the I guess the theme of these two films would be um, telephonic devices are evil, I guess. Mm. That's true. Which uh, we've sort of explored before. Kind of. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we've we've done we've done all electronic devices are evil. That's Anything that we've definitely explored that. So, mm, but uh, maybe but, not phone specific. Right. So now, our, the two films we're talking about today are uh, Countdown and Nine Seven Six Evil, uh, and we're going to start here with my pick, uh, the the old uh, the, the the nostalgia uh, apologist rises again. That's me. <laughs> and, I thought uh, you were the nostalgia cuck. I am also, I am a nostalgic for many things. You're the nostalgia simp, I thought. <laughs> that's, that's the 2020 version. Very good, yes. Yes, You've, yes. you've been reading my newsletter. Excellent. Um, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so let's talk about 976 Evil. So, for those of you who have not seen it, basically, 976 Evil is a film directed by Robert England, his mm. first directorial uh, uh, in- endeavor, and it is about a guy named Spike, and he is the coolest guy in town he's got a motorcycle he's he's got a blonde girlfriend he's dropping out of school he lives in like a weird shack but his luck is not the greatest he owes a lot of people money he's a greaser in the late 80s and he's chain smoking constantly as is everyone in this film however he discovers a horoscope line called 976 evil and as he starts making these calls he starts getting some advice and when he takes that advice his luck begins to change. However, his doofy cousin who lives next door named Hoax also discovers 976 Evil, and his luck begins to change as well. 
but change for the worse. And as this film goes along, we see more than luck change for young awkward hoax. And hell on earth is coming with him. Now, to break down this film a, a little bit more before we really, uh, or to give a little more context about it before yes. we start to dig in. Uh, so this film came out in 1988, mm-hmm. uh, the same year as Nightmare 4, uh, which was Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Child, Dream Baby, Dream Boy. No, Dream Warriors is 4. No. Dream Warriors is 3. Dream Warriors is 3, you're right. Dream, I thought Dream Child was 5. Dream, Dream Babe, Dream, Dream, Dream Boy. Dream, dream baby, dream dream baby boy. That's that's what it, that's. <laughs> it's got I. Uh, it's it's dream. It's uh, if it doesn't have dream in it. Why? Would, that's it, the easiest it, thing to not, guess. It's it the dream on, master, you goon. I thought it was Night, Nightmare on Elm Street. Dream girls. That's <laughs> what a mashup. What a mashup. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, yes. No. So, the dream master was an eighty-eight. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Five is the dream child. I knew it because I reviewed that one once. So, very fair to say that Robert Englund was absolutely reaching his peak as a horror icon at this point. He was just about to go on to, like, host various cult horror awards. Um, obviously, as we said, this is his directorial debut, but not his last. Mm-mm. And uh, so, uh, and not only that, but it was starring Stephen Jeffries, who uh, we know as Evil Ed from Fright Night. Right. So... By all accounts, uh, this was a recipe for success. I'm sure the producers thought, we got it, baby. Like, he's going to be the next Clive Barker. Like, let's do this. Didn't necessarily turn out that way. Not, didn't... Let me ask you this, TN. Sure. Before we get into specifics, what do you feel is this film's biggest issue? It... Not to sound like a broken record, but probably tone. Okay, yeah. Probably tone, I I would say. Um, I think that this film really, really wants to be a horror comedy, but then is bringing up a lot of these, like, young teen issues, gonna connect with the young kids, and, like, the parents don't understand, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's definitely a element of that. There's a lot of that, and a lot of, like, just sort of a a little peekaboo into a more, like, serious issue about bullying or kind of, like, what teens are getting into in the late 80s. But but at its core, it's a horror comedy. I My concern, my thought of the biggest obstacle for this movie is... We just said that this was Robert England's first directorial, you know, project. Yes. And I feel like he kind of got lost in the sauce a little bit in terms of, like, the process of filmmaking. Because, like, especially, like, for the first 40 minutes of this movie, we focus entirely on Spike. Who I guess is kind of the hero of the story, but right. not really. But there's so many scenes of just things happening. Like, the movie opens... With a really kick-ass opening. It's this, like, disheveled guy, <laughs> and he's, like, running around like a, grun- a grungy, like, alternate 1988 where everyone's chain-smoking and greasers. And he's, like, being stalked by telephone calls. And finally he's, like, had enough, and he goes to the payphone, and he picks up the receiver, and he's like, I fuck you! And the receiver's like, no, fuck you. And then he it explodes into a fireball towards the camera. And it's like, boom, 976 Evil. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? I yeah. am hooked. Which, by the way, when that when he exploded, when the phone electrocuted him and he lit on fire, it it, it sounds like he screams and it just sounds like he's saying, ow. 
Like he's like, ow! It was a real owie, if, I, if I'm being honest. It was, it was, um, I, yeah, you know. A, a real, I, I was surprised he didn't give it a real Yaucherino. Like, yeah. it really seemed like it was upsetting. I, it seemed like an ouchie, I understand. But, 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 the, but my point is, there's a lot of things that just sort of happen. Like, there's another woman who's being, like, stalked by phones, because I guess she called 976 Evil at some point, And she dies. We don't know who that is. Or what's going on. And I'm not trying to be like, this movie should explain everything. But there's so many things that are not explained. And so many, like, things that the movie's like, this is clearly an established rule. And then it's not at all. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Right. There's just a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of time wasted. There's just a lot of just, like, things are just sort of happening. I would agree. Yeah, I, I actually, that's a note that I made. Like, right around the 40 minute mark of this movie, I'm like, where is this going? Is this right. a horror movie? Like, why aren't? Why isn't there more? Why have there been no more kills? Like, I mean, this is a man who's starring in like a slasher series right. that is held up to the pinnacle of like, here's how you should pace a slasher. Yeah, like, it, here's it, how many kills a slasher needs to just st- keep entertaining. Yeah, it, he's on the Mount Rushmore of like horror monsters, and like I said, I feel like he just got lost in the sauce. That he right. was just you know, having a lot of fun in the actual process of filming that like once it came time to edit, it was like, Oh boy. Um, you did not give me a lot to work with here. So I guess we have to, we have to have it. How long? Oh Jesus. All right. Well, uh, this, I guess. So, um, near the opening of this film, when we're introduced to hoax, he's Mm -hmm. in like matching PJs and, you know, sitting on the plastic lined couch and his very cartoonish mom comes in the room, big beehive hairdo, looks like a hairspray character. And, uh, you know, I I figured she was going to, he's reading a National Geographic and I figured the joke was going to be like, you know, aren't you reading about that evolution again? You're supposed to be watching The Good Preacher on TV. But no, it is a much more uncomfortable joke because Hoax is looking at a native African woman's bare breasts in the magazine and and getting a little boner. (laughs) So here's the thing that I didn't understand about that scene. What's a naked lady look like? No, uh, the the thing I didn't get about that scene <laughs> are those tits. Are those tits? Is um, is, he's sitting there. He's got the National Geographic, and he's like eating a candy bar. And his mom from the other room's like, "Oh, you better not be stealing my candy." And he's like, "Oh no, I'm not." And he like sticks the candy bar like up his ass or whatever to like hide it. <laughs> and she's like comes in like, "Oh, you've got candy bar all over your face, you little liar. You're learning that from your cousin." Um. And he's like, oh, come on, ma. But it's just, so he has the cognitive, like, he knows he's doing something bad. So he's like, uh-oh, better hide the evidence. Perfectly fine. Sure. But he's just sitting there holding the National Geographic open to the bare breasts through the entirety of the scene. Like, he's got it in his head, like, uh-oh, if she finds with the candy bar, that's trouble. Better hide this. Mom will be cool with black titties, though. So, like, come on. Mom's pretty cool. She's pretty progressive. Uh, (laughs) She's pretty pretty forward-thinking, if I'm being honest here. She's bringing some tea. I'd rather have him have his black titties at home than out there (laughs) on the streets. (laughs) I know it's not the norm, but I'd rather redo it here. Um, Um, So, yeah, I just thought that was really weird. Of, like, that being a punchline. Like, oh, oh! And it's like, yeah, yeah. He's He's been sitting there for ten minutes. 
Now, who does Spike live with? Because he, it's next door. They're connected by this tube system that presumably Hoax has built so yeah, they can you would communicate. Think. It's like the bank system. It just, like, sucks <laughs> up this tube. Which, and uh, Which, here's the thing about that. Yeah. That okay. seems like a very, like, if I was, like, ten, I would think that's really cool. Of like, oh, yeah, I get to, like, secret message my neighbor. Cool. In the context of the film... It makes no sense that it would be there. Because we never see Spike love hoax at all. Like, it's just a constant, like, eye-rolling, like, ugh, this fucking incel living next door. Like, we never see him, like, hey, here's a real, you know, nudie mag that I'm going to send you instead of National Geographic. Or, like, he right. never he's never using it. It's always just hoax sending something like hey, who farted or something like that on a note? And he's just like, ugh, like, what am I even doing? Like, I don't... It would have worked maybe as a one-off joke where at the beginning, Hoax sends something over to Spike and then you see it drop down in a huge pile in the corner of just unread shit. Yes. That he's, yeah, like that. But obviously they they couldn't have it be a one-off joke because apparently it's a, a motif of the film, I guess. They needed it. For they the... do, actually. They need yeah. it for the end, which is really yeah. stupid. Um, so, um, or, or like now, I said, something like Spike humors him and sends him something back. You know? Right. Something along those lines to be like, oh, well, of course. There's a, there's a cousin, you know, he's looking out for him kind of thing. But, like, with the exception of Spike at one point stops Hoax from getting, like, swirlied. There really isn't anything that's like, oh, he really cares for him. He's just sort of like, right. yeah, this is my, like, they they kind of wrote an autistic guy in the 80s as my fucking cousin character. Whoopsies. You know. Also, <laughs> um, to, to put it in further context, before you got to the end of the movie, did you feel like Adam Sandler owed Robert England a lot of money? Because Robert England kind of just made the water boy. Yes, but I don't want to get into my fix yet. <laughs> but okay, um, all right, we'll get into it later. But then. but yes, yes, okay, uh, okay. I I did feel like okay. So now, uh, could, speaking of that, I literally wrote in my notes. You can tell how badly they wanted Kathy Bates to play the mom in this movie. You, oh my god, a hundred thousand right percent. Here. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a weird woman doing a crazy Kathy Bates impression. Now, why did that character keep threatening Hoax with a strap-on? She was going to show him what National Geographic couldn't. Oh, that was that makes sense. Very progressive. The, the um, scene <laughs> where they sort of introduce um, Spike's relationship with his aunt, where he's in there, yes. he's stealing the money from. Yeah, okay, well, well, back up, back up. Okay. So. So Spike is thumbing, he's bored, he's a degenerate, whatever. Right, he's right. thumbing through a magazine, there's a little piece of paper that falls out that says, for your horoscope, call 976-EVIL, yada, yada, yada. He calls, it's like a cheaply recorded, spooky voice, and it gives him a, a horoscope, which is, oh, you know, you're in a financial bind, so go steal what's rightfully yours. Which, Spike is taken aback because he isn't a financial bind, he lost a shitload of money in a poker game because it's a weird 80s where everyone's a greaser and chain smokes and plays poker, and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so he's in a he's in a, a bind. He's going to have to, like... He was way behind. Give, he was willing to yeah, make a deal. Shut the... Oh, my God. I'm going to end the show right now. Um, 
So he's going to have to, like, give his motorcycle to Marcus, who's some dickbag with, like, weird blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, unless he can come up with the money. So he goes over to Hoax's place next door, and he steals this money that I guess his mom left him or something like that. And then the aunt catches him in the act, and now we're introduced to, like, the relationship between the two of them. Now continue. Okay, so now that scene, uh, which leads to a little bit of physical conflict, uh, he ends up grabbing his aunt by the wrists and holding her up against the door, and she displays such an air of, like, sexual tension in that moment. I... Thought I the literally same thought thing. to myself, if they don't explore this later in the movie, if they don't have her, like, flicking the bean to a picture of Spike, then this is the most strange delivery where this actress was like, you know, I'm going to pepper in a little bit of I want to fuck my nephew. My own nephew. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, if there was ever a Wincest in 1988, this was it. Like, yeah. there is definitely a bedroom eyes sort of exchange where you're like, hey, this is a lot of sexual tension. Between these two characters that I don't think they were supposed to be. Right. No, her but I thought the exact same thing. There's no other way of, of reading into it. But anyhow. So he steals the money. He leaves. And the aunt is trying to save him because she claims he's going to go to hell. Because he's a bad kid. And then... And Tien, I'm really going to need your help on this one. Mm, yeah. Fish... Rain down from the sky in their yard. Why? Um, I think, like, the devil is trying to trick them? Or, like, encourage... Okay, okay, okay. Fr- okay, alright. There is a character who mentions in passing later in the film... That raining fish is a warning from God. Like in Mm. the Old Testament somewhere. Right. Which if that's the case, because let let I remind our our listeners at home, the movie does not explain this. It just happens. I was expecting there to be like, oh my God, a fish delivery truck exploded one street over and now it's raining down and they're misinterpreting it. No, it happens and then the movie moves on. But if if that is to be read at face value, that God exists in this universe and is raining down fish as a warning for Spike to not explore 976 evil because it's the devil, that would suggest that both God and the devil are real in this universe, but God can't do anything more than just go like, hey, maybe don't do that, and that's it. Like, Armageddon is going to happen, and God was just like, I, to- I told you, I sent you some fish sticks. I don't know what part of that you didn't get. I think that if, if that is to be believed, if that is how we're reading this, then uh, this kind of thing must just happen all the time to everybody, because every other character is so blasé about it. I mean, the next day he's at school and somebody goes, hey, Spike, I hear you gotta be eating seafood for a week. <laughs> yeah. And nobody's Everyone's like, very just no like, one's like coming ha, ha, ha. in. I mean, like, I feel like if, if that really happened, I mean, Spike would be coming in a, in a robe the next day and like accepting, you know, money and offerings from his fellow classmates to try and like, you know, show them the word of God or something because yeah, yeah. God is real. There's proof. 
very interesting take for the local bullies to go like, wait a minute, a miracle happened at your house? What a nerd! Like, <laughs> oh, all right. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, for some reason, the bathroom is the place where they all hang out. The very graffiti bathroom at their school is where all the boys like to hang out. These boys are real comfy with each other. They hang out in the bathroom, watching each other piss. They're, uh... Playing strip poker with each other with, like, one girl, and she's not even playing. She's off in the corner, real comfy with each other, real cozy. And yeah, yet there's what? a message written in the bathroom that says, eat pussy more often, which I'll say, very sex-positive message. There, yes, kudos. I, I, to give back to your partner like that, I, you know, got to hand it to Robert, Robert Englund. Englund. Yeah. Kudos. Mm-hmm. kudos. Um, so you may, be, uh, you may be off foot by this, but when that one guy randomly put his bare hand on the fucking bathroom floor at a public school and pretended to ride a skateboard on the wall for 10 seconds, you know that was the coolest shit you've ever seen in your life. And that you were like, God damn, I wish I could be part of the gang. It was. I mean, anytime I want to take a shit at work, I'm just going to pull a skateboard out and just, like, grind on in there to take a big doo-doo, so. All right, so as the film progresses, like I said before, Spike has the money, he pays off his debts, okay, cool, and now he's starting to get into, like, a regular rhythm in calling this uh, 976 number. It re- In the meantime, the sequel, I guess, to the guy getting blown up at the beginning of the movie, we see a woman in, in red heels um, looking very distressed, walking down the street, and she has the same flyer for 976 Evil that Spike had, and she goes to burn it, and then a payphone rings, and she picks it up and it says something about like, you broke the deal. And she's like, I don't care. And so she starts trying to run away. And then there's like a radio shack that has a bunch of different phones in the window. Yeah. And then it explodes and the window shatters and she dies. So I mean, now it makes we're... sense. She's being haunted by a phone-based demon. So she had to head right. straight towards the phone store on the corner. Right. You had to go directly to phones, phones, and more phones to go exercise this demon. Yes. So now we've... Ex- now we've... Explore the concept of, okay, if you get tangled up with 976 Evil and you don't pay your dues or something, if you don't dial 1-800-COLLECT, whatever the fucking need thing is, if you don't do that, then you're going to die. Then it's going to kill you. Okay, that's fine. I can live with that. So, Spike is doing his own thing, whatever. He picks up this blonde girl named Susie. They have... Very strange sex, if I'm being honest. Mm. Was it strange like, because Hoax was watching through his telescope? No, that was or? hot. That was hot. Uh, um, yeah, that's the true. strange thing was that, like, Robert England filmed a man ejaculating for, like, three and a half minutes. Like, I don't know why, <laughs> why Spike was doing that. Like, he's, like he's it was the, the Peter North of the 80s. Like, he apparently, just, he's just lying life. there. He's lying there vibrating. And just going like, ah! and Susie's just sort of like on top of him, like, yeah, this is pretty great, I guess. Oh, wow. Bonito, oh, wow. look at this. This is great. <laughs> wow. Um, so Hoax is watching and, and like, he's stoked watching it. Yeah. He's just like, thrilled. you're my fucking hero, Spike. Oh my God. Yeah. Give it to her. God, I right. wish I had a big hog like Spike. Oh my God. Hey, check yeah. the tube. All right. I just sent you a tribute photo of that girl. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Again, how forward-thinking. A tribute photo and everything. Um, <laughs> disgusting! Anyway. Um, no, 
no, no. Hoax sends a note that just says like, "Hey, hot babe" or something like that. To which Spike answers it like, like they're having their weird sex, and yes, the tube thing makes a weird sound. It's like, <laughs> and like it comes in, and Susie's like, "What the hell is that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a stupid thing. Don't worry about it." But then he opens it up, and it says like, "Hot babe," and he's like, "Oh, hey." And shows it to her, and reasonably, she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. My weird, almost homeschooled cousin is watching across the, you know, the next house over. It's that, he got a big old boner, he's working on a tribute photo as we speak, don't even worry about it. And she's like, ew, this is not okay. And he's like, alright, whatever. Baby, it it isn't the first time, and I know it won't be the last. So, you gotta just gotta deal with it. I guarantee you it won't be the last. If you want this to be a regular thing, which, by the way, can I just say that it says so much about this show that I lose composure at just you making a noise, like a weird noise. That's That's the pinnacle of comedy on this show. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's I. He did the funny scream and I laughed. <laughs> exactly. That's I don't expect anything better from me. I, <laughs> I, I, I peaked too early. Um, so, anyways, that's whatever. So then they're like, okay, let's go to the movies. So Spike and Susie are gonna go to the movies. Okay, great. Hoax comes over to scope the place out, I guess, and collect some residue. I don't know, whatever. And. Uh, he finds Susie's underwear and is like, well, Finders Keepers clearly applies here. Um, we're going with Animal Crossing rules, and I'm thinking, what would a dodo do? So I'm going to take these with me. Um, that reference won't be timely in 15 minutes. No, it sure um, won't, no. And so... Uh, do you think there was a cute he, Japanese joke when he found the underwear? Like, you found the jizzy underwear. Oh, jizz, or whatever. It's exactly <laughs> what it was. He was like, oh, thanks. Um... He's not going to sell it to Timmy and Tommy. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, so then he finds the card, he calls 976 Evil, and it's like, oh, you if you go to the movies, you'll meet the girl of your dreams. And he's like, oh, I got nothing better going on. Okay. So he sneaks out, and, oh, I almost forgot, uh, Spike is at a motorcycle store getting his bike repaired or something stupid. And he's considering stealing some motorcycle gloves. And then he like kind of second guesses himself and he gets a call or no, he calls nine, seven, six evil. And it says, yeah, no, be a man and go steal those gloves. And he's like, okay. So he goes in, he goes to steal them. And he's like, nah, you know what? On second thought, I'm not going to do it. And so then the phone calls him back and it's like, don't be a pussy. Go steal those gloves. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so now he's clearly broken the, the promise or whatever, you know, so time to die. And so he goes to cross the street, and then this very useless private eye comes out of nowhere and saves Spike. He throws, he pushes him out of the way of a moving car. And despite what we've seen earlier in the film, I guess Telephone Devil is done. That he was like, oh, that was my one shot, and I didn't get it. And so you're free to go, I guess. Yeah, this film is the anti-final destination. Like, uh, you know, he. Uh, much like Eminem, the devil's got one shot, and uh, once he blows it, mom's it's the, spaghetti, it's, it's over. It is It is the opposite of Final Destination. You can't cheat death. Well, you can. And then, the, <laughs> and then I guess death is just swiper from fucking Dora and just goes, oh, man, and just fucking that's skedaddles it. away, and that's, that's it. it. Um, so let's, let's skip ahead here. So, uh, mm-hmm. so 
Um, because this is the point of the movie, uh, you know, once we, once we've gotten to the point where now he, you know, Spike runs away, uh, Hoax goes on a weird, awkward, very aspy date with, uh, the blonde chick, and then she runs away at the end, which I thought was really strange. Bullies come in and start beating him up and find her panties, and instead of her being like, alright, I'm gonna deal with you later, but first, like, let me save you from these bullies, instead she just... Like, sticks him in his face and says, like, you're different. I hope they beat you to death or whatever. It would be right. like if you were getting in an argument with, like, uh, a Tinder date or whatever, and all of a sudden he just started getting, like, tased by the police, and, and you were just like, well, uh, we're still in this argument, so I guess, like, text me later. <laughs> so we can pick up where we left off. Yeah. But, um, um anyhow, so to, to, to move forward from that, uh, as Zach said, he now wants to embarrass her because... She caught him with her panties in his butt. So I guess that deserves some score revenge. Yeah. So hey, uh, she shamed me for being creepy towards her. How dare she? Now she must <laughs> learn her lesson because I'm the first incel in cinema. He truly is the first incel. So, so here's where the mysticism of the movie becomes extremely unclear because as of so far, we've been, you know, we've, we've had a few things established. Call the spooky line, get your horoscope, do it, something good will happen. Or don't do it, you're gonna die. Okay, fair enough. Pretty simple rules. He goes home, makes himself a little satanic altar in his best PJs, performs a ritual, and then is able to just make shit happen yeah. for some reason. Because he's called the horoscope a few times? Apparently. Why? I, I, it became very unclear to me at this point how this was happening. So, the thing that he makes happen is... Susie the blonde girl is at her house and she's making a TV dinner in the oven and she established early in the film that she doesn't like spiders. So then hoax devil magics a bunch of tarantulas to crawl out of the TV dinner and attack her. Question mark, question mark, she dies. I don't really know what exactly happens, but she just dies. Yeah. And then hoax if is like enough tarantulas crawl on you. You die. That's, that's, like that's a, it. Um, yeah. she didn't have medicine. Um, is that another Animal Crossing reference? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I know something relevant right now. I'm living it. Wow. Um, that's amazing. So she dies and then Hoax is like, oh no, I didn't mean for her to die. Um, and he's starting to go through like some transformations. Like his ears are starting to get pointy and his hair is starting to get long and it's weird. Now here's something that I don't know. How to discuss with you. Okay. I'm excited. I was doing some research about this film. So you were jerking off to the film. I was making a tribute. And <laughs> there was apparently a rape scene filmed between Marcus the gang leader and Susie the blonde. And it what? was it was cut. Out of every version of the film, including the unrated cut. So there is no version of the film that has this scene. Now, when I read that, I asked myself, where could such a scene have fit chronologically? The only time we see Marcus and Susie interact on screen is after the date that she has with Hoax. They have a little pizza date. 
and then the bullies come in, and blah blah blah, and oh, he's got your panties, and oh, I'm leaving now. And Marcus and Marcus chases after her, but then we cut to hoax is in a dumpster and he's all beat up and and Susie's making a TV dinner. So they filmed a rape scene in a pizza place. That's the only part that makes sense to me is that when Marcus goes after her, that's where the scene would have had to have gone. Now, if that's the case, you're telling me that in the original version of this film, directed by Robert England, the order of events were bullies come and ruin this date. One of the bullies rapes this girl. She goes home makes a TV dinner, and then is killed by spiders. That I'm, Which may, in fact, funny. be the <laughs> worst storytelling idea in the history of film. How it's would not you... exactly... It doesn't really follow the hero's journey. Nor does it really... There's no uh, Chekhov's rape scene. There's nothing along those lines. Yeah. That, that makes no sense whatsoever. Why yeah. would you ever do that? And then, later in the film, so actually uh, just a little bit later, Spike is talking with Hoax, and Hoax is like, hey, I can go deal with the private eye who's asking a lot of questions about you. And Spike's like, no, I'll deal with it. Don't worry about it. And Hoax is like, no, I can deal with it, just like I deal dealt with Susie last night. And he's like, what? And he's like, oh, I, uh, well, uh, and he's like, what did you do? And he's like, well, she was bad for your reputation, Spike. She was fooling around with Marcus and the and his gang. And I'm like, no, she wasn't. What the hell are you talking about? But if Hoax saw the rape and misinterpreted it as, like, they were going at... I don't know. But it's like, you see Marcus go after her and it leads to nothing. You see him mention, like, oh, her and Marcus were a thing. And it's not based on anything. So that's my context clues of, like, that scene had to have been there. And it's still awful. Like, that, there's not even a point in the film where it would have worked. But much right. less, that's the worst possible option. Is like, well, guess what? After this brutality, in ten minutes, you're going to get killed by spiders. Have a good time. Like, there's no... the That's the worst storytelling idea in movie history. No, absolutely. Wow. Um, I uh, had not heard that, but uh, that is quite the twist. Um, what a twist uh, indeed. What a real, real M. Night Shyamalan right there. So here's um, another point that I have to, to ask you about. Okay. Did right. you feel like the turn of hoax was too abrupt? Because basically how the rest of the film plays out is hoax is continuously calling 976 evil after the whole ritual thing that TN pointed out, he is changing into, like, this demon thing, and he's becoming evil, and is, like, murdering people, and murdering his mom, and doing all this evil shit. And so, did you feel, like, the scene that sort of starts that off is the scene I'm talking about with him and Spike talking about the blonde girl, right. and... He's like, oh, you won't be so tough when I'm standing above you and I'm spitting on you. And you're like, where in the hell did this come from? Like, Hoax was seemingly like, oh, Spike's my buddy. And then out of nowhere it was like, you're a piece of shit. You know that, Spike? You've always been a piece of shit. Your mom was a piece of shit. You're going to die a piece of shit. It's like, what? where, where is this coming from? Yeah. No, I... I uh... 
I thought the turn was fairly abrupt because the 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 real turn you're then supposed to see is during biology class when they're dissecting a frog and Hook starts to freak out and so he like runs into the bathroom and sees like oh my god I'm developing claws in this disgusting graffiti bathroom and uh, he gets uh, confronted by the bullies once more and that's when he takes a swipe at one and sees like oh I really do have like huge demonic sharp claws now and he like gives this deep gash on this dude's face and says like don't touch me ever again okay i mean this is like this is basically 1988's like joker like it's like an incel fantasy movie for sure it does feel um, kind of like an incel fantasy it really so, does like i'm transforming i'm becoming powerful I mean, I'm honestly, you... a Chad. Like, that's basically... <laughs> All you had to do was just make him into, like, a giant, like, wolf, and then it would have been, like, full, like, furry incel fantasy. Like, I mean, not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong. So, um, uh, now, weirdly enough, though, the surgical gloves they have him wearing in the anatomy scene, like, during the frog dissection somehow become, like, a costume piece for a while for him. Yeah, he, like, goes home and he's still wearing them, and I'm not sure why, if it was, like, they couldn't figure out the fake nails, like, the demon nails, and they're like, well, let's just kind of hide him, let's just pretend he's still, like, wearing the gloves, whatever. Maybe, um, yeah, I thought that was I, weird, I too. don't know, very strange, but the transformation starts happening pretty quickly, and so we ramp up, we ramp up to now he's gonna go confront the bullies at their hangout in the projection room at the cinema uh, where they're all playing strip poker with one another. And again, like there's one girl and she's not really playing. So it's just like three naked dudes in a room and they're all like, Oh yeah. no, I got to take Very my normal. underwear off. Very <laughs> normal. Very <laughs> healthy. Yummy, yummy dick, bro. Like no homo. Um, <laughs> so, so at this point he's got this like, John Lennon, uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 look going on. Like, yes. half his hair has fallen out, and he's, like, it's very strange, but at the same time, like, images from it have sort of become weirdly, not quite iconic, but, like, in a cult sense, shots of this character are now, like, Stephen Jeffrey's IMDb icon, as opposed yeah. to him in Fright Night or whatever. So, it's it's interesting enough that I guess... It stuck with a few people, the few people that and saw it. And I didn't necessarily hate it, like, him still being nerdy. He still has, like, the sweater vest on yeah. and, like, the dad socks. Like, I didn't hate that. I didn't hate the idea of, like, oh, the nerdy kid is becoming a demon. Like, I didn't hate that. At the core of this film, I feel like it's got a decent idea. But it just feels very, like, it's taking too long to get to the point. So, you know, he kills off the bullies... Um, which is very strange. It, like how, like he kills two of them off camera. Why? This is a horror movie in the eighties. Why are we not seeing this? Right. And then he chops one's hand off, and he's very calm about it. Like he's like, "Ah, oh, what the hell, man!" And then like, "Oh, my he, favorite hand!" Right. And he just kind of like, "Oh, oh no." And then one he kind of sticks on a on a devil. There's a lot of devil imagery because Robert England thinks he's like fucking Stanley Kubrick. Like there's like a dessert thing that's like says devil dogs and Spike's favorite diner food is a deviled egg sandwich. Like it's very, you're very clever, Robert. Thank you. Mm. Um, but he kind of kills off the bullies, and then he comes back to his house, 
and now his house is becoming like a hellmouth. Which, by the way, we forgot about. So, oh, Tn, shame on us. Oh boy, that we didn't go into detail about three very important characters that okay. are really paramount to the story. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. That, that is Private Eye, whoever the fuck, Hot Principal, and Phone Operator guy. Very important characters. Yes. So important that Why don't you I... break down their roles here? <sighs> okay, alright. So, exposition, exposition, and mm-hmm. exposition. Um, no, no, no. I, I stand... You stand corrected. Exposition, exposition, damsel in distress. Ah, yes. Because okay, we of killed course. off everyone else. So then the movie goes... Well, shit, we need somebody in peril for the end. Yeah. So then that's just what these characters do. Honestly, they are, I mean, uh, having watched this movie intently, you when, when, when the hot principal comes in with the private eye to the frozen over hell mouth at the end of the film, I truly had forgotten who she was. <laughs> like, who... What, who the who hell is, is this? Is she like a junior... Det- are they partners? Like, I, I have forgotten who this is. Um, but yes, the, the, the whole private eye subplot could have been pretty much removed entirely, except then you have even less conflict than you already do in the movie. Right. Um, and then there's nobody to go check out, except they're totally wooded. You could have just sent Spike to the phone operator place to meet him and be like, Ah, oh, hey, uh, hey, what's up, kid? Nice to meet you, you old punk. Uh, yeah, why don't I show you, uh, alright, so here's... Weird sex line, uh, here's, uh, <clears throat> tell you your future, whatever. And then over here, I got, uh, this room, it's closed off, I built it, it's an automatic line, I don't got an operator, but it's 976 evil. It's shut off, though, you can tell from all the cobwebs inside the room that I haven't used it in a while. Um, and that's supposed to be our introduction to, oh, so there's no one, there's no, like, living human operating this, uh, there's some kind of ghost or devil in the machine, uh, something else is interfering. Something else is at play, which we'd already figure out because fish rain down from the sky. So, right. um, anyhow, we are catapulting to the end of the film, uh, because in this frozen Hellmouth, which I would say the reason why they made this Hellmouth blue instead of red and made it icy instead of hot is literally just for one joke. Because when, uh, Hoax threatens Spike in the locker rooms, which have great, cool lighting and fog effects in there, by the way, um, in the school locker rooms. Yes. Uh, he says, after Hoax threatens him, says, one day I'll be standing over you, spitting down on you, Spike says, when hell freezes over. That's and the whole reason. one line, yeah. that's the whole reason that they built the Hellmouth to look frozen over so Hoax could say, like, what did I tell ya? <laughs> and then spits, like, a really shitty lightning bolt out And of it him. doesn't hit Spike at all, and he's just kind of like, I've made my yeah. point. Um, so... Alright, round this out for us. So, the detective and the principal, who mean nothing, are there at the Hellmouth, they're in danger, and, uh, then Spike shows up, and he's gonna try to save the day. However, first... The principal and the detective have to get out of the Hellmouth. And how are they going to do that? They can't go out the front door for some reason I can't remember. And there's only one way out. They got to cross the fucking horny message tube from Hoax's house 
to Spike's house, it all comes full circle. Can you believe it? Absolutely not necessary whatsoever. Um, so then at the end, it's Hoax and Spike, and Hoax is like, blah, blah, blah. He wanted to be cool like you, but fuck you instead, and now he's in hell, blah, blah, blah. And so Spike is like, oh, man, Hoax, I know you're in there somewhere, and remember we were going to go cross-country on our little mopeds together, and we were going to pick up some chicks, and it was going to be super cool, and, and you you were a cool guy, Hoax. And then the demon's like, oh, man, yeah, that would have been cool. Hoax is in here. And Spike's like, cool. And then he just hugs him, and he just pushes him out a window, and Hoax the devil just falls into the hell mouth, and then everything resolves itself. And that's that. And I guess the moral of the story is, fuck the homeschooled kid? Like, I guess that's where we learned here? Like, yeah, that social outcast, fuck him. What an asshole. Like, oh, okay. That's fine, I guess. Yeah, there's no, I mean, like, it would have been nice to, I don't know, have, I would have dealt with, like, a funeral scene or something to... to you would just, think. Yeah, to just be like, you know, like, if we learn something here, it's that, you know, we need to listen more often. But no, it's it's really like, hey, if he's weird, uh, he probably deserved it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's you basically... see somebody getting a swirly, don't intervene. <laughs> yeah, they probably deserved it. Yeah. You you walk by a purple nurple, let it happen, because they probably deserve it. They're different. Final thoughts about 976 Evil. Um, like I said, it really felt like Robert England just kind of got up his own ass about like, oh, look at this weird, grungy 88 where like everyone's a greaser and cool and just eats cigarettes and yeah. And then that was that. And it just kind of went nowhere. And it wasn't particularly scary. And it wasn't particularly funny. And it just sort of existed and that was it. Yeah, my my impression before watching the film was kind of like, oh, I wonder if he's really going to be kind of up his ass about I'm Freddy Krueger. Like, is there going to be a, a scene where they're at the the horror film and it's Nightmare on Elm Street and, like, Robert Englund is the usher of the movie. Like, hey, what are you kids watching? Oh, this is too scary for me. Like, I would have been way more I'm up my ass because I'm Freddy Krueger uh, I would have been way more on board for that than I was for uh, this version of having your head in your ass. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely, uh, yeah. All right, well, let's take a break. November 29th, 1988. Push 666 for your horoscope now. In a financial crisis, it may seem like a joke, but put all your money in the stock of New Coke. Wait, uh, so New New Coke? Um, new, like the like is that the one that uses real sugar or? Uh, hello, uh, uh, New Coke. Okay, okay, okay. That one, that, that, that's all right. That's okay. I got it. I got it. It's fine. All right. It's fine. All right. Hey, don't worry. I'll give you a second <laughs> try. I mean, I, I, I get how mm. this is. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to your top eight, you should avoid your mom. But when it comes to friendship, there's okay. always MySpace Tom. MySpace. Okay. Hang on. What? I think I, I think that you guys need to update your system over there what? or something. I mean, is this uh, MySpace? I mean, 
Facebook's barely relevant anymore. Uh, okay. No, 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 no. You give me. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. Here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Although America may seem like it's on a journey, you would do well to submit your vote for Bernie. Bernie just dropped out. What? He I he dropped out. I'm what? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, oh I mean, fuck. Okay. Come on. What, okay. When when did they build this machine? So it's simultaneously Bernie's in the race, but also MySpace is still relevant. I, okay. Look, I think I don't, they really need to. Time is not. It it's not a flat circle. It's like a. It's a thing. It's a time. It's, it's a, shut up. Shut shut up. Why don't you okay. do it? You do, you're so good. Why don't you do it? Why don't you give okay. me a fortune, uh, asshole? Maybe. Sure. Yeah. I'd come up with a better one. I, I'd say, uh, I'd, I'd say, and I can't do the voice like you do, obviously. I mean, you got that part down, but I would say like, oh, um, if you're needing a, a map, then perhaps you shouldn't take a nap. Hmm. You know, like that, I think. Well, great. Now Hello? I'm now I'm painfully erect, and so now expect a tribute photo in the mail any day. Now, goodbye. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. So we're back, and uh, it wouldn't be an episode of this podcast if I didn't have bowel trouble. So I apologize for having to leave there momentarily. Um, Tian, I'm sure you kept yourself busy in my absence. Um, I just don't understand why you have to bring me with you when that happens. I don't, I wanna, I I don't need to watch that. Because it's what the dudes in the bathroom do, man. That's what a gang of dudes do, is they watch each other take true. a dump. I mean, you, you skateboarded in and you took a big shit, so... <laughs> was that Roger Ebert's review of 976 Evil? It skateboarded it in and it took a big shit. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. So, uh, we're jumping right into <laughs> yes. uh, Countdown from 2019. Oh now, uh, Countdown, as we said, uh, does share a theme in that it's about evil phones. Yes. Um, but in this case, we're updated. It's no longer a 976 number. We don't really have call-in lines anymore, paid phone calls as such. Um, but instead, this is about a killer app. Uh, so Countdown is indeed about an app called Countdown that uh, supposedly tells you the time of your death. And uh, in typical modern horror fashion, you have a large group of teenagers that are introduced to it. Um, and some extended cast members who all download it. And some get long, healthy lives. It says 30 years, 40 years, whatever it may be. And a few select ones are told that they're going to be dead within a matter of days or hours. And uh, their uh, disbelief soon becomes cemented in a growing realization that this is indeed to be trusted. And that greater forces must be at work here because the countdown on this app is real. So, jumping right in. Uh, what do you think about Countdown, Zach? So, as long-time listeners of this program know, as part of our established lore here on Frightful Failures, I don't watch modern movies. Mm. So, this is the most what horror movies are now movie that we've had on the show. But how would you know? Because... There was, it was a potentially decent idea for a movie, but nothing, the, the horror came from terrible jump scares. 
Some yes. of which were not even relevant. They were just there mm. and they're there and that's it. Like that's that's how you know it's a modern horror movie. I mean, if you set aside if you were blind and and if you also couldn't really determine the difference between uh 80s film soundscape versus modern soundscape uh if 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 that was you you still would be able to tell the difference between uh a 70s or 80s horror flick versus modern based on the amount of just consistent jump scares because unlike something like 976 evil which beats around doing nothing a movie like countdown never does anything unless it has a scare planned never yes. There is nothing that is done in this film that doesn't have some sort of scare planned. Whether it's research into the lore of the film, uh, whether it's uh, character moments, whether it's uh, things in the broad daylight uh, that, that are supposed to be a reprieve from the darkness where you can't see anything. There's never anything that a film like this does that isn't leading to some terrible jump scare. Yes. Um, overall, my thoughts on the film... Um... I was not terribly invested in anything. I was not terribly invested in our main character or um, or really anything. I felt like the movie was very kind of like humdrum until like the last 20 minutes, which just were completely buck wild and not in a good way. Just in a real like, we wrote ourselves into multiple corners and the only way out is to just start swinging. I'm like, okay, movie. Well, let's get into it. So, yes. um, like many, uh, not necessarily modern horror films, um, but like many horror films, it opens with a death of a character um, who you are maybe led to believe is going to be a main character, but obviously not. You've seen horror movies before. You know this is Can I tell you stinger. how disappointed I was that she wasn't our main character because she could kind of act and right. our yeah. actual main character could not, and I was unfortunate. Yeah. That's fair. But let me tell you, they do not beat around the bush with the premise of this movie whatsoever. <laughs> they introduce it within legitimately 30 seconds of uh, the Universal logo has disappeared. Um, they open up, there are a bunch of teens at a party, and one of them says, Man, I've been trying to lose weight, but this app, Countdown to Skinny, sure ain't working for me. And the other girl goes, I should use that app. Hmm, what's this? Countdown? It says... It'll tell you the date of your death. Let's all download it. Legitimately within 30 seconds. Yeah, he's not exaggerating. It would be like if Back to the Future opened and like you see Marty cranking up the dials of the giant amp, uh, plugging into his guitar, and before he can strum, Doctus comes in and says, Hey Marty, build a time machine DeLorean, we're going to go back 30 years. And... <laughs> It would be like if in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the opening scene is just, they're pulling up to the Sawyer house, and they're like, yeah, this is a pretty fun trip. We're going to this uh, <laughs> Texas uh, house and just see what shakes. Yeah. So, and and you wonder why people argue, like, oh, I'm not invested in these characters. Why? I've, I, why, I, well, why could that be? Um, because where's the fucking fire movie is really what I was thinking. <laughs> um, wh wh why can't we slow down and meet anybody? Why do we just keep have to push forward with the premise because if you don't shove this premise down the, the, the viewer's throat, I think that you're worried that they're going to forget about it. They're like, yeah. Hey, like we're, we're making this movie for goldfish. If we don't keep saying countdown death clock app, it's not going to work. They're going to so, forget. And then now you got to start all over again. Yeah, exactly. You have to start the movie all over. <sighs> so yeah, main girl 
it, according to her like uh, her app, it she's gonna die in in less than ten minutes, and so. She gets in the car, and her boyfriend is going to drive, but he's clearly drunk. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to ride with you. You're drunk. Oh, okay. So she gets out of the car, and she gets a notification that she's, like, broken the terms and conditions of the app. And, like, she's like, oh, whatever. And so she, like, hurries home, and she's in the bathroom for some reason, and she's drinking some water for some reason. And something spookily dookily is happening behind her, and she doesn't know quite what. And then she just gets, like, yanked up by the fucking whatever, and then dropped, and she dies. She bangs her head in the tub and dies. And as she dies, the countdown clock counts to zero. So she died right on time. So... Uh, by the way, before we go any further, I was sort of curious, like, well, I mean, to pr- promote the movie, did they make a real version of the app? And, uh, in fact, they did. Um, and so I downloaded it, and, uh... Oh, it says I'm gonna die in 45 minutes. Hmm. hmm. Okay, well, let's just keep pressing on here. Um, yeah. Don't download the app, by the way. Um, yeah, no. But um, uh, as soon as they get through that first death, um, we are reintroduced to uh, the survivor of the car accident. It shows him... Yeah, her boyfriend. Yeah. It shows that he got into an accident drunk driving, and there was a limb of a tree that stabbed right through the passenger seat, so had she gotten in the car with him, she would have died on impact. And so that kind of becomes the, the premise is that the countdown clock counts down your exact time of death, and if you change your decisions in any way, or try to avoid it in any way, then you don't get to die peacefully, I guess, or accidentally, or whatever the fucking plan was. Um, And instead, something spooky happens to you instead, and Mm. you die that way. Yeah, you violate the terms and conditions if you do anything that is to avoid your cause of death, which... Uh, is sort of weird because you you would think that like as they start to unveil the true premise of the film, uh, there is an implication that if you are cowardly or you're trying to cheat death in some way, yes. that that's why you're being punished by death seeking you out in another fashion. Um, which I was sort of on board for, but then. How would you know what your cause... It doesn't say what your cause of death is going to be. It's just a clock. So, like, if you decided, hey, actually, I decided that I'm going to take 75 instead of 275 home today, like, how... Then you broke the terms of service. You broke them. You broke them. I'm going to your car down. I'm going to spook you. So, um... Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, the lore of it is one thing of, like, ah, well, if you take the information of knowing when you're going to die and change completely your plan of action you're being a real dick about it but some of these people aren't doing that they're just like oh i just did this instead like i canceled my plan to go on to go to tahiti oh well guess what you were gonna get eaten by a shark in tahiti asshole and you fucking knew you were gonna like no i didn't well you broke the terms anyway oh okay (laughs) now um again with the premise beating, uh, once we're reintroduced to the survivor of the car accident, the boyfriend in the hospital, and we're introduced to our presumed final girl, this blonde woman, um, who's a nurse in this hospital, uh, immediately before we even get a chance to, you know, find out 
what her favorite flavor of ice cream is or anything about her. Um, we're taken to the abandoned ward that's in every hospital. You know, the abandoned ward. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's not under construction anyway. It's just locked off and abandoned. And, and you know. is, co- is covered in asbestos, someone mentions in passing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how you do. Exactly. Yeah, that's in every hospital. We all know that. Well, that old goose. Um, so she meets the car accident survivor there, and he, without missing a beat, just says, like, anyway, so about this killer app uh, that tells you when you're going to die. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm bummed out about, and that's why I'm over here. And she's like, oh, it's just an app. No, it's not. It's not just an app. And boy, if you don't hear that argument a hundred times, well, it's yeah, just an app. Uh, well, no, I, it's not. No, it's not just an app. I know it is. It's, I'm freaked out. So... I'll admit, um, as we're edging towards the second death in this film, to the survivor of the car accident, who's supposedly going to die during surgery, is is what he's figured out. So he's avoiding surgery, and he's broke the terms and conditions once again. Um, and now, I'm faced with, and I'm not sure if you had the same curiosity, what is the actual method of death in this movie? I'm thinking, is this Final Destination? Is this truly, like, is there going to be a big Rube Goldberg thing that, like, he slips right. and falls down the stairs and breaks his neck? Or is there intervention by an actual physical force? This Is something with shape involved in this movie? We didn't know yet, because the first death, she was dragged up in the ceiling by something unseen. So, I'm wondering, I'm wondering... Uh, the spooks are getting high. He's in an old abandoned stairwell again, like you have in a hospital. You know, constantly they're slow all slow day. There's can't, completely uh, pitch can't black. Sw- you can't swing a dead cat without hitting an abandoned stairwell in a hospital. Yeah, exactly. And so we're we're wondering what's going to happen. He hears footsteps. He looks up. He sees turned around uh, our main character. She turns towards this camera. Oopsie poopsie, it is a demon. There is actual intervention. It is a it is a demon who, a la Bugs Bunny, is in full drag to make him believe that uh, that he's not that demon. So, uh, yeah. That's much like we, Bugs Bunny, the demon seduces this man. And, yes, he does. And then... He gives him a haircut. Right. <laughs> and dips his fingers in the water. And, uh, and then flowers grow out of his head. And he was very yes. offended by that. Um, <laughs> he was very upset. Movie took a weird turn really early on. I was very surprised. It really did. That was but strange. But the soundtrack but, uh, was incredible. It was Barbara Seville. It, really, it, it was. Really was. They were some merry melodies, for sure. Um, so, oh. and this movie's dumb. I don't know if we've established this by how much we just took a left turn here. Um, yes. Um, okay, but anyway, no, so, you're right. It's Oh, it's not really her. And then he gets... He also gets picked up like a big baby. And then he gets dropped <laughs> on his head. Because that's the only thing the demon knows how to do is to drop it's your favorite. Yeah, <laughs> it's his favorite way to to, 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 to see a so, go. So he drops him on his noodle, and then the countdown clock counts down. He's dead right on time. Yeah. So now at this point, our nurse, uh, who has been informed by him, hey, I'm gonna die at this time. Uh, grabs this phone off this corpse and uses his dead face to gain access so to the I, phone. So let's talk about that a little bit. What did you think about that scene? I I was uh, okay, well, uh suspension of disbelief aside because she takes his phone with with him home and it remains unlocked. That's true. Uh, for the yeah. rest of the time that they okay, which is not how that type of security on phone works, but uh, regardless um, I thought... So, to, just that to bring was... everybody up to speed, she goes to the morgue, she pulls his 
body out of storage, opens up his little creepy dead peepers, and then sticks the phone in front of his face, and it unlocks because it recognizes his eyes and face. I thought it was interesting. I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting to like... Yeah, it does sort of give you... not Not that I think that either the lead actress or the filmmakers really thought anything about this character other than, hey, she's pretty enough to carry a movie, baby. Um, and apparently plays, and I, I, this was a whole wormhole I, I got into, apparently on the ABC show Once Upon a Time, which uh, is about fairy tales, yes. if you're familiar, uh, I was unaware, um, later had the car- the cast of Frozen, in it? Yes. As, as, yes. And she plays Anna. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But yes, I so, knew that, like, did... after two seasons, that show just completely fell off the rails. It was just like, fucking Disney live action. Okay, there it is. <laughs> I did not know that. I did not realize that that movie jumped the shark after a season and a half and was like, yeah. you know what? Fuck Rumpelstiltskin. Like, we're going. Fine. Ca- Cap- Cap- guess Hook, what? Maybe. Here comes Fantasia, bitch. It's coming. Um, <laughs> Um, so, anyhow, anyhow, not that I think that, uh, the filmmakers really had any, uh, it would have been an interesting, uh, look into her character, kind of seeing where she goes in the third act, um, but anyhow, I don't think they thought about that. Here's, here's the thing. I was pleasantly surprised by that scene of her, of, like, the movie being aware enough of, like, hey, we're kind of stuck in a corner right now. Because cell phones don't work that way. You can't just be like, oh, let me see what he was looking at. No, that's not how security works anymore. It's facial right. recognition technology. So it was like they were kind of written in a corner, and they wrote themselves out. Because they were like, oh, so let's go down the morgue and open his stupid dead eyes, and we're just going to suspend his belief and say, like, it still recognizes him. And I was like, okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's not a bad way to write yourself out of that situation. That's I'm, I'm fairly impressed. However, I feel like that solution gave the writers, like, Johnny Big Ball Syndrome, and they were like, we can write ourselves out of any corner. And especially in our third act, that was not justified. That confidence is not earned. Yeah, um, I was wondering in that scene, because, again, this type of movie, uh, and we could just say Countdown specifically, Countdown is not going to do anything that doesn't lead to a scare. So I'm thinking, okay, well, she's next to a dead body, and I'm wondering, is the movie going to go ahead and just have the body, like, sit up or talk to her or, or scream or whatever? Um, because at that point, it's going to completely left turn the film. It's going to establish, hey, anything's possible. Like, we're beyond the realm of reality. Whatever. Um, and they didn't. But again, they're not going to do anything without a scare. So they have, like, his arm fall off the table. And then also his head is turned to the side. And his eye just rolls out of his socket. Um, when, when he, when she sort of drops the phone and then looks up at him. So that it was, that was sort of what pulled me out of that scene. I was like, wow, you really, I mean, like it's just, it's a dead body. Like you could have just, it's creepy and you could have, there, there's a difference between an atmospheric scare and a jump scare. Yes. And a movie like this is not cool with atmospheric scares. It's not no. cool with just being around a dead body. They need that dead body to do something. Like, yeah, come it's, on. It's like, got to it carry its own weight. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. So, um, anyhow, so she starts to do her research. She goes online. She finds a Reddit post from somebody who got killed by the Countdown app. And amazingly, all the comments are like emojis instead of just being Rickrolled. 
I'm like, hey, I found a source of this app. Like, never gonna give you. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, I was disappointed that they didn't have uh, uh, internet comment etiquette punch up some of those comments a little bit and be like, hey, <laughs> bouncing my boy's dick to this death video, like, super great. Like, you know, something like that. I wish that would have improved it tenfold. Um, <laughs> no, instead so, it was so... all just emojis and this is fake. And it's like, okay, well, that's fine, I guess. Um, but we've entered into the phase of the film where it's the research phase where she's got to go and find out like, what's going on? How can I fix this? So she goes to a phone store, um, operated by Tom Segura. Yes. Who is a favorite comedian of mine. (laughs) And, uh, So needless um, to say, this was a highlight of the film for me. I was like, (laughs) yay! I was very happy. I'm, I'm betting so. Uh, they, he's funny enough. However, I think he really... Uh, he definitely didn't. I, I don't think they gave him the ability to kind of punch up any of his own material, no. like any of his own lines, because uh, one of their interactions with him, he mentions Tinder, Game of Thrones, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, legitimately within a minute and a half. Yeah, of, it's the, not great. of each other, there. it's not great. But so. I love his delivery of just being like, "Yeah, I don't really give a shit." I thought that was actually pretty funny. Yeah, no, it's fine. Like, like <laughs> it was a nice break from every other side character in a horror movie that's like, wait, the Countdown app? Oh my god, I've heard of this, and they're all related to it in some way and need to get involved. And he's like, I'm good. I could leave this, but unless money's involved, then all right, I guess we'll talk and we'll get involved a little bit. So, all right, press us forward with this shitty movie. So, she goes, she tries to get a new phone. Like now she's adequately freaked out about the countdown app. So now she tries to get a brand new phone, no carryover, and boom, the app's already on there. Oh my god, it's following her now. <laughs> and so, um That's how I felt. Yeah, so <laughs> it gave me AIDS. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Anyway, um so now she's kind of on the run from it. She finds another guy who's also on the run from it. Um so, blah 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 they meet the the only other character that I found interesting. So, Tom Segura's number one, and the priest, who is like, okay, here's the thing. This film was written by people older than teenagers. However, not like 50-year-old white men. Meaning, like, there was some talk about apps... Which was, like, kind of eye-rolly, but not, like, unfriended or something like that. Where it's like, ah, it's called the internet, and it's an evil place. It was a sort of like, oh, I love apps. Like, okay, well, no one would say that, but that's fine. Same kind of thing with the priest character. He's cool and hip, and he's kind of quirky. And so, during the whole research phase, our main girl and her now love interest, I guess, kind of, maybe for a second, go and they find this priest and he's like, oh, you guys are my Grubhub order or what? Oh, Grubhub! What an app! Um, (laughs) But he's like, oh, this sounds like a demon and so if you can find me like, you know, demon-y banter or something, then I can figure it out. And so then they go back to Tom Segura, he's able to hack the app and give them way more time. Because they, they, they approach Tom Segura and they say, hey, you said you could jailbreak a phone, right? Which the general consensus of that term means 
you can break out of like Apple, for instance, their, uh, you know, strict guidelines of what apps you can or cannot download onto their phone. Right. So they say you can jailbreak a phone, right? That means you can hack into an app. What? And Tom Zagura says, yes, that's how that works. Precisely. 100%. That's exactly. Glad you understand how this works. Because <laughs> so... those, are, those are one and the same. You're, you're saying the same thing twice. Jailbreak is hack <laughs> into app. That's what that means. <laughs> so, yes, as I said, he, he gets into the code of the app. Yes. He says, he... he Types, he doesn't use his mouse, he just types, and then he says, I'm in. Um, yes, and as he's you do. in the code of the app. It's raining green letters down on his screen. Right. And he adjusts, he's, they see, and I thought this was kind of interesting, they show every single person that's downloaded the app, they're all searchable by name, and it's got all of their numbers there, their countdown numbers, and they're all ticking away. And so he's able to just search everyone's name, including, and we haven't talked about her at all, the protagonist's younger sister, who may be very uncomfortable because they portray her to be like 13, but she definitely fucks. And they make a big stink about that in the movie, like, I'm fucking Let's my boyfriend. Let's talk about like, that for just a second. Sure. So our main character, is, by all accounts, comes from a broken home. She doesn't want to go home. She doesn't, she has to go get like a, uh, a birth certificate at some point because she's going to make resident or something. I don't know. And she's like, she'd rather get her teeth pulled than go home. And she goes home and her little sister's all bitter and whatever. And I'm like, Oh geez, we got a real broken home situation here. It's not at all. Her mom died. That's it. And that's sad. That's That's unfortunate. No one should have to deal with that. But like, I kept expecting the dad to be, like, an alcoholic. They'd be like, he's just like your mother. No, he's just, like, a sweet man who's just like, oh, we were thinking about visiting your mom's grave next weekend. Would you like to go with us? I love Fuck you, dad. I'm tired of this broken home bullshit. I love dad. I got work. Well, work's important. Just let us know. We'll reschedule. What a fucking broken home. She's a goddamn Marilyn Manson album. Holy shit. Um... And so her little sister is just like that. Like, eh, you're not my mom. Well, mom wouldn't let you fuck on the first date. I don't care. Like, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> so so, so um, her little sister downloaded the app as well. So they have Tom Segura adjust his time, her time, the random black guy that she's shacked up with's time, <laughs> and her little sister's time. They all have time now. Okay, great. Problem solved. And then... For this very important reason, which I will now go into. That's it. That's the reason. The phone doesn't do that. Like, they go to bed and they wake up and they're like, oopsie doopsie. It's still exactly the same amount of time. We're all fucked. Okay. Why didn't that work? What happened to Tom Segura? None of that matters. Now, what I I wish is that uh, it would have worked like... Fuck demon magic. Apparently, 
you could just hack into an app or, you know, jailbreak a phone, as they call it. Right, um, that's what the kids can, call it these days. You can, you can jailbreak a phone and get into the code. You can Alcatraz it. That's what they actually yes, say. That's exactly. the street lingo. You can Alcatraz so you, it. You get on in there, you can change it. Demons have no power over there, which I like that in the code of the app there's Latin written, as yes. if the demon had to go in and be like, well, I can't just... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not able to just standard code in here it's got to have some latin in there otherwise the, the, the phone's not going to transfer people obviously so they uh so they move on and but what i wish would have happened is that the code would have stuck and that they then would have just opened a store where anyone who download count uh, the countdown app can come in and pay them and they'll just extend their time in the coding of the app and then see them on their way like see you later Let's see, interestingly enough, I wanted it to work the other way. I wanted it to work like if you ever modify like a video game system, you're never able to go back online because as soon as you go online and, you know, basically the server can figure out that you've modified your gaming system, it'll brick your system. You can't turn it on. You can't do anything with it anymore. It's it's useless. I was hoping that was going to be the case, that they were like, all right, we extended our time. And then it's like. Uh-oh, we connected to Wi-Fi, and now the phone's just bricked, and it can't work, and now the demon can't get them. Because it's like, what the f- Did you jailbreak this thing, you asshole? You avoided the warranty, dick! Oh, great. And, well, can you go get another phone? No, I'm tapped out, man. I didn't have the insurance. You didn't have the insurance! What do you- It's 2020, what do you mean you didn't have insurance for your phone? What the hell's the matter with you? I just didn't- I didn't have the money on that. It's like fucking $100 a month! What are you- What? What the hell? Uh, sorry, I don't know. Look, I got a jitterbug. A jitterbug? I can't fucking possess a jitterbug. God damn it. I went to Cricket Wireless. Oh, they, that's uh, that's off the grid. They're just selling you old Nokias in a different box. What the fuck are you talking about? I got some prepaid cards from Walmart. Oh my god. My- sorry, Demon, you can't get me yet. It's not after seven yet. I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't want to spend my minutes. We're old. That's an old person joke. <laughs> Gotta wait for nights and weekends, Demon. (laughs) Let's catapult to the end of this movie. Yes, please. Let's stop aging um, ourselves. So, um, as you said, it starts to get buck wild because... uh, Okay, so the priest... Okay, first of all, can we talk about the stupidest death in the fucking movie? Sure. So the they're talking to the priest. The priest is like, "Holy shit, this is a fucking issue." Okay, we're gonna take, we're gonna do a, a a sacred circle, and I'm gonna say prayers, and the demon can't get you. And so, as long as you prove the devil is a liar, then it's all gravy, baby. So if you can either live longer than it tells you you're gonna die, or you die sooner than it tells you you're gonna die, then bingo bongo, the devil's done, and everybody goes home happy except for whoever died. Okay, great. So they got the little sacred circle. Priest man, main character, her little sister, and random black guy are all there. Cool. Random black guy's the next one up to die, of course. So, the demon, the phone demon shows up. Hey, I'm I'm coming for you, boy. No, you're not. You can't cross the circle, you dick. Oh, shucks. Then he starts making the phone make a real loud noise, and everyone goes, ah, it's hurting my freaking ears. And the the black guy is like, I don't hear that. And then his brother, his little baby brother who had cancer or something comes out and is like, you stole my toy when we were kids. He's like, ah, I'm still feeling real guilty about that. I'm sorry. Well, come outside the circle and and we'll talk about it. And he's like, oh, that seems pretty legit. And he takes a step out and the demon goes, I can't believe you fell for that shit and pulls him away and kills him. (laughs) So now it's oopsie doopsie. We got to figure out a way. We have to 
someone has to die before they're supposed to die, and then we can tell the demon to go fuck itself. Those are the rules of the movie now. Okay, great. So we go back to the hospital because randomly the little sister got hurt somewhere. I literally missed how that happened, and I don't care. She got hurt somewhere, and they're like, oh, we gotta go back to the hospital. Go get her. And, and main character lady and the sister are three minutes apart in terms of death time. They're supposed to die about the same time, but one is three minutes, the main character is three minutes sooner than the than the little sister. So, oh God, I can't believe this is coming back. <laughs> so there's a character in the film who sexually harasses the main character. And the main character tries to report it, but it can't be reported in ten minutes, and therefore... Fuck you, you don't get to report it. And this doctor's a real big piece of shit. And he downloaded the app at some point, and he's going to live for 50 years. Oh my god, no, life isn't fair. So, at this stage in the game, the writers are now in a corner, because now someone has to die before they're supposed to die, and then everyone else is saved. But how do we do that? And so the solution is our sweet little angel baby nurse protagonist who wouldn't even hurt a fly, who's just a sweet, sweet angel baby, is going to murder the molestation doctor before he's due. And then it's all gravy. I can't tell you how absolutely shocked I was by... The level of uncaring they put into the our protagonist's decision making for that. She's like, she it, it it comes to her in a matter of minutes. She goes, think, think, brain blast. I'm gonna kill Doctor Feels him up. No, no, here's the, no, the best part is she's like, I well, at least we're spending our last minutes together, little sis. And then randomly, a nurse that we have never seen before comes up and goes, by the way, protagonist. I heard what happened and that, like, I guess you're going to get fired because men rule the world. He molested me, too. Just thought you should know. Just keep that in your pocket. And she's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to go murder him right now. (laughs) What? Now, here's my favorite part. My favorite part is not that, well, how does she get the doctor alone? Ah. The molester is going to become the molestee. I'm going to go and seduce him. Go meet me in the asbestos ward, and I'll suck that dick so great. I'll bounce on my boy's dick in the asbestos ward. See you there. And evil doctor goes, I sense no danger here in this situation. Why not? He actually, he has an initial sort of apprehension. He's like, you think I'm stupid? You just want to... You just want your job back. And she's like, you know what? You're right. And I'll just suck your dick to get the job back. And he's like, well, that's all I needed to hear. You're a shrewd negotiator protagonist. (laughs) Tell me more about this bounce on my boy's dick business you've mentioned. Okay, great. But here's my favorite part. Not that he's a moron or that this is so crazy now to get to this ending. But she's like, I've got a needle full of morphine and I'm going to stab him with it and he will die. And everybody else is okay. 
So she's about to go forward with this plan. She raises the needle up, and the demon goes, "Oh Jesus Christ!" That is <laughs> the best part of the movie. Yanks him away. The fact <laughs> that the that the phone demon goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute!" and grabs him and saves the evil doctor from being murdered because now the demon is going. That's one hundred percent how the loophole works. She's right. If she kills him, I'm fucked. So then it's just like hiding him. And then the best part is this galaxy brain fucking evil doctor is in another room and she comes running in like, I got to kill him. And he's like, I don't know how you did that, but I'm going to kill you. And I'll say it was in self-defense. And the movie's like, see, he's a bad guy. It's okay. Like a demon just grabbed you by the peepus and dragged you into another corner of the asbestos lounge. And you're like... I don't know how this blonde bitch is pulling this off, but I don't appreciate it. I got molesting to do. <laughs> so anyway, half a dozen more female staff members that are untouched. And, it's uh, half past grope 30. <laughs> what the hell's going on? So anyway, he gets away at some point. I don't fucking remember. But now it's like, uh-oh, SpaghettiO time. Somebody's got to die. And now what are we going to do? And so, again... <laughs> Second brain blast. Main character girl's like, no, no, I'm going to kill myself before the time goes down and the devil can go to hell. And so she's about to shoot herself full of the, the morphine and the demon, again, cosplays as the main character's mom who's dead. And she's like, hey, man, it really sucks that you ran away from home for 10 minutes and then I drived, drove to find you and I died and that's your fault and you feel guilty about it. So put down the syringe and come get this guilt trip. And oh, the, the, the countdown clock's counting down if she, if she gets distracted. If it's super effective, then we all still keep dying, I guess. And so, no, just kidding. She hits herself with it and the demon's like, ah, oh, damn it. He turns back into Scarecrow and right. old Baghead, you know, approaches her and lifts her up in the air and so gives her a final fuck you and then collapses into dust. Which, by the way, here's the thing. Why did her sister yell so much? Like, mm. like, so when she's about to kill the evil doctor, which, by the way, the movie has given us no reason to not root for that. Like, it's not like she's like, I know, I know the doctor's evil, but he also owns a puppy orphanage. So, you know, it's a complicated set. No, the movie's like, yeah, no, she's completely in the right to kill him and she'll claim it's self-defense. It's fine. No, the sister, the younger sister yells at her not to do that. Why? I don't know. Moral compass, I guess? Okay. You know that, like, phone demons are real, right? Like, that you're gonna die and be tormented? Like, you get that that's a thing? That we're playing for keeps at this point? Eh, don't, don't do that. Don't kill the, don't kill the rape doctor. Leave him alone. Oh, okay. So then, when she has this, again, second brain blast, injects herself, her sister is, like, screaming bloody murder. You're both about to die. Like, if she doesn't do this, you both die immediately. Like... We're not like, it's not like, a, oh, but the countdown clock said you had 60 years. Why are you doing it? Why are you calling it in early? No, you're both about to die right now. Stop screaming. Anywho, please, TN, for the audience, explain the biggest, the, the, the twist that would give M. Night Shyamalan a rock hard erection. Hmm. Uh, let me tell you guys. I mean, I've watched a lot of horror films and I would have 
never, ever in a million years seen this coming. So there's a little dot on her arm when her sister crawls over to her body to make amends. Right. To continue to scream in her face, I guess. (laughs) There's a little circle that says the name of a drug that's going to revive her sister, which is on her sister's person. So, uh, the 13-year-old girl takes it, puts it in a syringe, injects it in. She's immediately fine. She coughs like she just got pulled out of the ocean because she was pulled underwater. There's also no, uh, let it be known, there's no air bubbles in the uh, syringe that would go to her heart and give her an immediate heart attack. Um, The syringe didn't break in her pocket during Mm -hmm. being picked up by a demon or hit with a crowbar multiple times by the rape doctor. Um, Nor did the container with the magic... Undo potion also did not break in her pocket. Um, and this 13 year old girl absolutely knocked it out of the park on the first try. Oh, yeah. So it worked perfectly as expected. She came back, hugs and kisses. Let's go to mommy's grave and, and like reflect on all that we've been through. And then you get the real twist of Rooney. And this I couldn't have called from a mile away. She's walking with her sister. They're going to Barbados. It's vacation time, baby. See in Hawaii, next year in Jerusalem, um, she pulls her phone out, hears a little beep beep, and it says, uh-oh, countdown 2.0, downloaded, ah! Ah! And that's yeah, the end. so this, this film has no right to be confident in saying that there's going to be a sequel. But also, <laughs> you missed, you missed the greatest phone twist of all. Her phone, they solve the molesting doctor off camera. In a passing clip of her phone, uh, d- more women come out and claim that the Dr. Grabby Hands was a real bastard, and he's going to jail forever. Justice is served. Someone probably should have killed him and solved this, but whatever. That yeah. is just, that solves itself literally with text for 10 seconds. I was like, great job, writers. You really nailed it. Yeah, and then, the yes. article just says in it, um, wish someone had had a reason to kill this man with no remorse earlier, but <laughs> with oh literally well, no consequences. Dr. Squeeze and Squish got away with it for a, a few more months. So, <laughs> um, But nevertheless, yes, Countdown 2.0, holy shit. This, this did not justify sequel bait whatsoever. How dare they? And, and let me ask, because I think I might know the answer to this, but did you... Did you immediately turn this film off once the first credit started? Yes. Because there is a post-credits. Oh, no. I saw that there was 10 minutes of credits, and I said, you could barely make it over 90 minutes, you fuck. And I turned it off. What's the post-credits? So the post-credit is it says Ozen will return in Age of Ultron. Oh, good. No, it says, um, it says, uh, it cuts to the Tinder date that Tom Segura is on. Oh, my God. Now I need to watch this. And... uh, and he's being, uh, it's honestly his scene, his scene in that date is funnier than his role in the actual movie. Um, because he's being, uh, very gross and, uh, uh, leaving a terrible tip for the waitstaff and he's closing out the restaurant and the waiter's pissed off and trying to take his wine glass away from him and he's like pulling it back to get the last sip. And so the lady's like, all right, buddy, well, I'm going to the bathroom. And as soon as, uh, as soon as she does, the lights in the restaurant go out and he goes, Hey, hang on. We're still here. 
And then it cuts to black and you hear Ozen and he screams and says, ah, that feels good. So, um, it legitimately, I was kind of glad I let the credits play for a minute because it was a nice little closeout scene on Tom Segura in this movie. Um, that's actually his wife that he's on a date with. That, that's really? uh, Christina Pazinski. She's another comedian. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that's 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 the real note that we end on before we get the announcement that there will definitely be a countdown too because this movie was wildly popular. It fucking better not have been. I got to realize this. <laughs> very very dumb. Well, uh, any final thoughts on countdown? Uh, woof, real bad. Didn't like it. Um, no, like I said, it had a decent premise, but just the shitty jump scares being the only real horror, and it, it just felt like. Hey, it's kind of like The Conjuring. I was just like, this is weak. My final thought is that it feels like this film was directed by uh, the little brother of Final Destination. That's like, this is boring. What if the the what if it wasn't just like death? It was like a spooky demon guy with yellow eyes. And what if like it wasn't just like a vision that you had, but it was like an app or like it was Fortnite or something? Like, what if that? What if like, the demon did the so Fortnite cool? dance before it fucking killed you? What if yeah? What if the demon? Ozen, like, does a floss, and then he picks you up and kills you, drops you right in your noodle. Well, I was going to say, so. your little your little kid director theory does pan out in terms of, like, well, once the demon gets them, how does he kill them? Oh, he drops them on his head. Okay. You've never, you've never stayed up late and watched a PG-13 film? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. Oh, uh, hey, yeah, come on in. Come on in. Uh, yeah, uh. Mrs. Shikadance, uh, no, no mayo on the sandwich. Yeah, of course wheat. Was that a joke? Uh, uh, th- you are, um, Oz Hen, right? Uh, it's O Ozen, actually. Ocean, got it. Well, elevator pitch time, buddy. Let's hear what you brought to you, uh, to Silicon Valley. My lunch should be here in about five minutes, so your clock starts now. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Uh. Okay, deep breath. Um, so it's an app. Mm-hmm. What? You're not really grabbing me, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, it, okay, okay. It's an app that tells you when you're going to die. Oh, alright. So it's some bullshit numbers thing, and they can share it to Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Alright, I get it. Well, uh, no, no, I mean, it's not, it's not bullshit. I mean, it's, it's, it's accurate. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, but what's the share functionality? Like, what's the real social reach of this thing? Oh, uh, so, sorry. I, I, you, <laughs> okay, yeah, you didn't really prepare for that. All right, social reach. How is it optimized to reach as many eyeballs as possible? What makes people want to share their death clock on Instagram? Nothing? Uh, Nothing at all? No, all right. sorry. All right, give me the price points then. Oh, um... What? What? It's free. Ah, free. Right. So, uh, microtransaction. All right. So let's hear them. My, micro. What? Uh, okay. 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 This is becoming a giant waste of my time. Microtransactions. Like, of course, the app is free, but then they pay like two ninety nine to delete the ads that make it virtually unusable. Or this is basic stuff. Or or maybe, you know, you charge ninety nine cents to change the color of the numbers on the death clocker or whatever it is. You know, one of my latest projects actually had users paying to turn yeah, off okay. notifications. Uh, you know what? Listen, listen, mortal, hear 
I am an ancient demonic entity intent on collecting the souls of those who betray their fate. This device will assist me in preying on those whose time has come. Those who attempt to change the course of their impending death. Do you understand? Hmm. Alright. You've got my attention. And so where is this app going to be available? I was thinking iOS, Android, any smart device. I mean, I was thinking maybe some kind of Alexa functionality. Is that possible? Okay. That could work. That could work. And what are you looking for from me? 10000 for 5% stake. I'll give you 5000 for 25%, and I get 100% of the ad revenue. Final offer. Uh, deal. Great. Great. My assistant will have some paperwork for you. Uh, ooh, my sandwich is here, but we should do lunch next week, so long as, you know... Gussy up a little bit better. I can't take you to Dorja in that old ragged cloak and burlap mask, all right? What my mask? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be in. We'll be in touch. Uh, talk soon, Ocean. Love ya. Yes. So we've scoured through both of these telephonic tales of woe, and now it's time to fix these bad things. I think so. So, gosh, um, there, there's so many angles to go at with these. And, I, you know, I think I might have one for both. But I am curious what you would have maybe deigned as the main fix for either of these films. And we could start anywhere. I mean... Well, uh, ma main fix for Countdown is less of every other character, more of Tom Segura and the Priest. That's um, fair. Uh, a buddy cop movie, or just some sort of buddy comedy road trip movie of those two, where they figured out you the do, countdown app. They're going to drive around the country. <laughs> you do the Conjuring series, but instead of like the Winchester family or whoever the fuck, it's Tom Segura and the priest, and they're just like <laughs> all, you know road truck in here to figure out like the source of the countdown app. That's how I, I think I that would have been good. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, it's tough because with Countdown, there's just so little bad, and so it's it's a it's a harder fix to try and come up with something where uh, you pick out the few good parts of something that just has so much dog shit in it. But I, I think I might have one for Countdown, and okay. you tell me if you're on right. board. So the movie is mostly the same. What you're changing is the perspective. Suddenly, the movie takes place in the dressing room of the demon, where he has all of his costumes laid out for his various kills he has to make through the movie. And he's like, going through it like, oh boy, oh boy, okay, um, who do I got? Um, uh, handsome black man's younger brother. All right, got it. Got some uh, little raggedy underwear. Just throw that on real quick. And... All right, into the bathroom we go. Here we go. Uh, so you're suggesting that we have, like, the demon giving himself, like, a theatrical pep talk? beforehand like i think so your motivation is he stole your baby dinosaur thing and you're gonna make him feel bad about it you gotta make him feel bad about it and like he's doing alternate takes in the mirror like oh why'd you take my time now that's sarah must tell me try again why did you take my now that's sliced alone why did you no christopher the small tiny black it doesn't sound like christopher walken think about it come on come on focus focus i think that could work I think it really could. I mean, you know, again, uh, the demon is, it's very Bugs Bunny. I mean, to have yeah. all these costumes laid out like this and, and to just think like, well, how am I going to fool? I mean, what angle should I approach 
this protagonist with, you know, what are the, okay, all right, she's got a dead mom. We know we got to incorporate the dead mom somehow, but think, think, oh, brain blast, all right, we'll guilt trip her right at the end of the movie. <laughs> your, 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 your phone demon is creeping more and more into Beetlejuice, which makes me very happy. If, if the I, phone demon was just Beetlejuice... I think great. I think the phone demon is uh, my phone demon is a little Jesse Ventura. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> oh, I got all right, you're, you're in here. I got I got porn <laughs> apps going all through me, all through me. Like that can. No, I think I think one thing you could have done as a as another side character is I would have liked to have seen the countdown app on the phone of a young person who is like the postmodern kind of depressed. You know, Gen Zer or or you know some of those lines where it's like, oh, it says you're gonna die in in a week. Like, is there a way I can refresh the app or something? Like, how do I can we how do I get the can I is it can I can I time jump? Is that an option to time jump on the app? Like, is that a, um, that would be great. To to me IRL for me IRL absolutely. Uh, just make it like that. And that, I would have liked to see maybe uh, the emoji movie, but oh, with yeah. this app is in it, so it's 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 all set. It's all CGI. It's DreamWorks, and it's all set in the world of the phone, where they're all making like the DreamWorks face, you know, mm-hmm. just like a little half smirk, and uh, smirk, yeah. you know, and you got like whoever is relevant before you know they get canceled uh, is voicing the main character and, and trying to figure out how to get the demon to so, you know he he needs more confidence to make his app work. So what celebrity voice actor do you have play the demon? God, who hasn't been canceled yet? Um, uh, I think that y- usually what you got to do is you got to cast somebody who's right on the verge of being canceled. So you know that's Ezra Miller right now. He just got done choking a girl out on video and slamming her on the ground. And I think it's got to be Ezra right now because you got to have a little bit. All these movies, you watch them with a little regret. And you got to explain to your kid afterwards like, Mommy, how come the the cute puppy in the sequel well, had a different voice? Well, sweetie, because the cute puppy was jerking off for people in his hotel room and making them watch. So I'm sorry. You know, he sounds a little different now. My vote for the Emoji Movie Demon app, you go with a safe bet. You go with someone who can really put in a performance. Kevin James. Oh, That's my God. That's answer there. You're right. However, I think... my, my other fix, my other fix, my actual serious fix for the film. Okay. Is you you take the scene where she's going to murder the doctor, and the demon has to save him, and you move that up to closer to the middle part of the film, and the second half of the movie is now the demon is on the defense, like <laughs> she keeps trying to kill herself, and the demon has to keep saving her from doing so, or stopping her from killing the doctor. You know, like right. and, and, and but all like she tries of... to like jump off a building and like. The demon pulls a trampoline out, and she bounces yeah. on the trampoline. Yeah, the demon makes, like, a car, uh, a delivery truck full of pillows drive by. Right, pull in front of her, and, and she lands on that instead. Yeah. Like, that becomes, it's like a reverse Groundhog Day. Like, she, yes. she keeps trying to kill herself, and the and the phone demon won't let her. What's crazy about these modern films, is uh, these modern horror films that have an interesting premise, is they no longer really have an excuse, because you have actually... 
uh, well-done, well-executed versions of similar plots. Just to be serious for a minute. Uh, movies like Happy Death Day and Drag Me to Hell, where they have a similar concept, but they actually make the character likable. Right. And they have your protagonist, who is a pretty blonde woman. Uh, similarly, um, they have her be interesting, have to make hard choices, not immediately be okay with just killing another human being. Uh, so there really is no excuse for something like Countdown to, to just rush through that sort of decision and not make a character likable like that. But anyhow, um, I think that really any of those ideas will work great. And, and to combine some of them, I think that if you have a movie that's half, uh, the two buddies cross country driving around Tom Segura, the tech expert, the hacker, um, who knows the how jail, to jailbreak the, the jail apps? Baiter. The jailbaiter, the, jail, yeah. j- the jailbaiter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you fuck him, you'll go to prison. <laughs> and, uh, and then also uh, the the cute comic reading priest. Um, they, who, uh, if you fuck him, around. you'll also go to prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And both of them are driving around having a good time solving mysteries together. Yeah. Uh, in like a you know top down Cadillac or something. And yeah, then, you want uh, you want to talk about uh, Scooby Doo, you know, remake and all that shit. That's what I want to see. I want to see exactly. Tom Segura and this goofy hip priest just try, try and you know, trucking along the countryside. And who's that they see while they're on like you know I fifty five? Why it's fucking Spike on his shitty motorcycle and his demon <laughs> cousin? What the hell? And then it becomes Wacky Racers. That's how that. Oh, works. oh, the, I would, I would love that. Like you know, bring in Dudley and the whole, the whole deal. Right. Um, okay, so uh, let's see here. Uh, moving right along, and we'll we'll round this out here because I think that the fix for nine seven six evil is a, a little easier. Did you have something in mind? Let a let a director make it. That'd be my suggestion. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I've got one, okay. and let's see if, if this will round out our fix quicker than it usually does. There's another movie that came out a little while after this one about a goofy loner loser who's made fun of by a lot of the people in his life, and he comes upon a mystical, in this case, artifact, that he uses it to transform... And gain abilities that will let him get revenge on the people that were tormenting him. And that movie is The Mask, ladies and gentlemen. And so if we made this into the horror mask, it already was dipping its toe in that. Like the scene where uh, Hoax pops up behind the, the, the people on the roof and says like, Hey, what are we waiting on? That was so The Mask. That's so true. you make it just a horror version of The Mask where he keeps waking up with his blood on his hands and two human hearts in his bed. And he's like, Well, oh, God, what did I do last night? And then as soon as he dials 976 evil, it's like he's becoming freakazoid. He's The Mask. And now he's going to run out and go get into some wacky hijinks, but it actually involves death. He's not just like, you know, pretend gunning people down with a balloon Tommy gun. He's actually like straight up murdering people. That's not a bad idea. That really is not a bad idea. Um, And like I said, I like that happening a lot more than the weird horror water boy of just (laughs) hoax. It's just like, uh, I I can't play no foosball because that's the devil. I can't call 976 numbers because... That's the devil. Well, but uh, truly, she was right in that case. It was absolutely the devil. Well, and not to mention the fact that, you know, the private eye didn't go, You can do it! Or, you know. 
I think he should have. Yeah, yeah. I think he absolutely should have fixed it. No, actually, a real fix would have been to give some goddamn direction or point to those characters. The phone operator guy, which, by the way, we didn't even talk about the phone operator guy. That at the end of the movie, it turns out he's the devil. I guess question mark. I guess yeah, he's like operating in the supposedly closed out, cobwebbed over machine that yeah it's like just kidding it's actually up and running and i'm evil like and i'm the devil baby um yeah i I, so many elements of it were completely unexplored and i think to actually give it some due instead of just spending so much time getting into the nitty-gritty of spike's life around high school and all these stupid friends you're exactly right if we need to spend like 40 percent less time jerking spike off about how cool he is and more time spending on like is hoax a decent person like is he an okay person or is there like seeds of this evil already there um you know that that i think could have been a, a huge benefit to this because like i said him being a bastard comes out of nowhere and then we're just supposed to accept it as a viewer just like yeah okay he's he's an asshole now yeah no, I would agree with that. Yeah, that would be a, a, a legitimate fix. But also, have you considered the mask, but horror? That's true. That would have been pretty awesome. Well, and actually, isn't the original mask comic a lot more gruesome? It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the, uh, I believe the mask comic is a lot more gruesome. Um, and uh, have you seen Son of the Mask? Because that's pretty gruesome, too. We're never going to discuss that on the show. How dare you bring that up? <laughs> uh, tune in next week, guys. We will be definitely reviewing Son of the Mask. We will definitely be watching that, and we'll also be watching the Santa Claus 3, uh, Cold Balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be watching both of our suicides live yeah. here on this show. And we're gonna, and we're gonna, we're gonna outsmart the demon because we're gonna fucking kill ourselves before <laughs> the app says. Yeah, but then we're both going to have a dot drawn on our arms for each other that right. just says, like, here's what you put in me after I'm dead. But... <laughs> and unfortunately, the dot, right above our butthole. So that doesn't, that's going to be very confusing. <laughs> and what's written is, Zach's dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said put it in me, so that's why I was like, that's the <laughs> terrible yeah. product placement. No, it's supposed to be a yeah. shot to the spine. Ah, I misread the cues. Um... <laughs> don't we all, don't we all. Uh, so who, all right. would you, who would you flip-flop? Who would you put in one movie versus the other? Um, if I had to flip-flop, I would say... I mean, because obviously Evil Ed, I mean, Hoax, is like the only interesting character in 976 Evil. Spike's alright, but, uh, you know, not as much as they make him out to be. Um, so you would maybe just put in... You would maybe just have Hoax be the killer in Countdown. Um, and in that case, if you just like zip zap zooped uh, Ozen right into nine seven six evil, uh, you'd probably have a legitimate horror movie at that point. Uh, he wouldn't. I agree with your adding phone demon to nine seven six evil. That does make sense. However, that way everyone could just get dropped on their head over and over. <laughs> so at the beginning, the guy gets electrocuted, but instead of bursting into flame, he, he goes, just Ow! goes he and goes, then he falls what? back and he hits his head. Yep, he just <laughs> slips and knocks his little noodle, and that's how he dies. Yeah, yeah, um, great. But however, the character that you bring from Nine Seven Six Evil into Countdown is not hoax. Oh God! Just picture in your mind. I'm ready. It's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Countdown is happening. Oh my god, everyone's gonna die. How are we gonna outsmart this demon? And our main character lady, she grabs a syringe, 
She's going to plunge it in her arm. She's going to morphine the shit out of herself and, and beat this demon. But uh-oh, the demon plays a trick on her and appears as Hoax's mom and just berates our main character. And that was the mom that died. It was just like, are you looking at those naked women in that National Geographic again? Are you eating that candy bar, you little bitch? Like, that's the mom that she's so sad and guilt-ridden about killing. <laughs> This is why you come from a broken home. <laughs> the, the home was broken before I died. It's very, it's it's subversive to what you're expecting. I held the whole family together. <laughs> I held you all down together. I was very <laughs> abusive and awful. I'm going to put my strap on on and I'm going to teach you what for. <laughs> also, where's your cousin? I'm going to fuck him. Like, so that's, <laughs> that's the old Twisterino. That's the switcheroo. Wow. Well, consider these movies fixed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, anything that you would like to plug here, Zach, my um, good buddy? Let's see. Um, since we're in quarantine, I am getting some time to work on some stuff, so there may actually be some new reviews here on the horizon. Excellent. Uh, and also, as a uh, unfortunate, unforeseen side effect of the quarantine, I'm spending an uncomfortable amount of money buying VHS tapes. So you may see some deep dives on that coming up soon. Um, We'll see. Excellent. Wonderful. And yes, as always, please check out uh, Frightful Failures uh, on the various social media. It's Fright Failures on Twitter, Frightful Failures um, on Instagram. So uh, yeah, that's please uh, check those out. Um, And I I think that's all I've got here. Yeah. So once again, everyone, thank you so much for listening, for participating for liking and subscribing and and downloading that new app of ours that tells you when to send in a tribute. And so that all being said, for everyone, all the minions helping behind production, for Tien Guignol, I'm Zach Romero. Thank you so much for listening to Frightful Failures and continue circulating the tapes. Oh my god. Uh, Zach, it, it's been 45 minutes. The phone's going up. I think, I think it's here. Uh. I get what that means now.